Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. From behind home plate, your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Since Manny's arrival in Birdland, We've heard lame jokes about him eventually ending up in pinstripes. And usually when someone makes this joke, I just fake smile and then block him on Twitter. But this week, Machado the Yankees was brought up again, and I, was, and I was unable to fake smile. Tonight, I'll tell you who said it, why they said it, and most importantly, when they said it. The Ravens are hosting the Texans on Monday Night Football this week. Find out why I'm all back in and where we'll be watching the game. The Grey Cup is tonight, and Baltimore is still the only U.S. team to ever win the Grey Cup. But does anyone actually care? We probably won't even talk about the Grey Cup tonight. I'm Josh Soroka. I'm Bert Rohde. And I'm Matt Soroka. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Buckle up, birds, be ready to ride. Your host, Max Shasabird, are ready to fly. Baltimore's best, section 336. The number one sports broadcast gets you fixed. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your dearly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the Janie Burt Rowdy. What up, 336ers, Sunday night, Section 336, let's do this. And the bun lover, Josh Soroka. Are our listeners too young to get the 60-minute reference we've, we started doing at the beginning <laughs> of the shows? I like it. You know, 60 Minutes is still a show that exists today. I know, but, do, the but same intro. Do, do they still do the same intro with the clicking? Yeah, yeah. Top? All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty but, sure on CBS, if you're watching the late games on CBS, they're showing previews for what's coming up next on 60 Minutes. And, it, you know, if you stop and not change the channel, you'll end up catching that intro there. You know what? That's a good point. We are recording on Sunday nights. Like we, we I don't remember the last time we did a Sunday night, but – we could be uh, simulcasting with 60 Minutes. Ooh. That, that's that, that's true. Hey, Bert's intro. In fact, we are. Bert, Bert's intro reminded me that he's talking about how he's he's going to hang out and have a party and watch the Ravens win on Monday night. Oh, yeah. There was a couple weeks ago, Bert had a segment saying how I was going to – what was your segment called? Like Spend my Sundays one, or something? Like what, what I was going to do and – I don't know. What was the segment called? It was what I did instead of watching the Ravens game. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. Uh, I heard it. <laughs> that segment didn't last very long. Uh, I, I would say it lasted quite a bit. There, there's. I would say I've 
I've missed more games than I've actually watched this year. That's definitely for sure. Uh, but, it, it, you know, it, it's been a toss-up week-to-week. We're coming off of a, a shutout against the Packers. Uh, Monday night's the only game going on. I'm interested to watch it. Uh, they might crap the bed against Tom Savage and the Houston Texans. Uh, and if, if that's the case, I'll be I'll be home and in bed before halftime. Do <laughs> do you guys have the Ravens app? If no. you have the app on your phone, you got a notification today saying, "Hey, there's more tickets still available for tomorrow night." Oh yeah, tons of them, I'm sure. That's not normal. Is that a Baltimore thing, or is that the state of the NFL right now? That a big Monday night game, uh, uh, blackout. Everyone's got to wear black to the stadium, and they still have tickets available. Those purple seats are going to be empty. Seats are going to be pretty obvious on TV. Yeah, I think that's going to be noticeable. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. The NFL's down. Everyone knows that we've talked about it ad nauseum, and the Ravens uh, have not been impressive this year, except for the week after a big win. Then everyone is excited and talks about it, and then the very next week they'll lose to like the Bears or the Titans, and then we're we don't care anymore. Or the Texans. So is I that mean, what it's you're a little saying? bit of a high, like, yeah, it, it, it's exactly what we're what we could be talking about on Tuesday morning. It's just more of the same. I would like to see them put together back to back dominating wins. That could be an outlook for the fan base for sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. No. Another big win. I'd like to see the offense do a little bit. That would that would help get things excited. Yeah, I mean, with all these things, as far as popularity of the NFL, it's all a little bit of both, right? Like we talk, I mean, in, in economics, they're talking a lot about how uh, it's become a stay-at-home e- economy, how things that you can do while staying at home are become more and more popular. Because the, the stay-at-home experience watching football is pretty great right now, right? You can set up your laptop oh, yeah, with yeah. all your fantasy players. You can be You can be on Twitter tweeting on the one hand and watching the game in HD on the other hand. And you can't get that same experience at the stadium. So I think it's part of that. Like, even if the Ravens were winning, sorry, on a freezing Monday night, I'll probably just stay at home and watch it. <laughs> you know what? Uh, even if yeah. they're playing well. I, I think there's very few things that are better leaving the house than doing at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that's true. Uh I think going to baseball games for me is still it's still up there. Yeah, baseball is still better. Yes, as all yeah. you know what, nice weather baseball is still better. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't want to say that. Cold, cold rain, not so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Or 110 degrees, not so much. Yeah, especially when you're out there playing the Tampa Bay Rays or something in May and it's cold and rainy. Yeah, you don't want that. Right. But uh, but uh, a nice summer baseball game, yeah, it's better to go yeah. out. Yeah, and meaningful <laughs> and meaningful baseball, I'll take in the cold and the rain. If oh, you, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I'll freeze were, my buns off if, right. if it's late October baseball. Sure, sure. Yeah, but but it's going more and more in the direction of staying home. I expect Silas, my son, who's now just six months, by the time he's a teenager, I expect he'll never leave the house maybe for the rest of his life. Yeah. Because that's, <laughs> that's, that's the way we're headed here. Well, I mean, yeah, last year I did 100% of my Christmas shopping with never, never going to a store. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh couple things uh first of all i, w- I want to wish you guys i hope everyone had a, a wonderful thanksgiving thanksgiving weekend uh i know these boys had a great time because they because they were with me it was a uh, great great food great fun everything was great uh, a couple couple negatives couple negatives um i got some some bad news a little bit of aha moment when you realize 
your mother has more Instagram followers and Twitter followers oh, it, than yeah. you do. It was Twitter That was followers. a depressing aha moment. That I thought Bert's eyes came out of his head when, when she said that she had 2,000-something Twitter followers. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I think, I mean, she we could probably add all three of us and she has more than us. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one of those moments now. Um, I remember, like, I remember where I was, like, when um, Osama bin Laden uh, was killed. <laughs> I remember where I was. <laughs> When, with the uh, tsunami slash earthquake, all that stuff going on in Japan. I right. remember where I was 9-11. I'm, not, I'm going to remember where I was when Gigi told me <laughs> she had more Twitter followers than I did, and I realized that. But right. I'll never yeah. forget that. Right. She had to go get her phone because we all thought she didn't understand what she was talking I, about. Yeah I, th- yeah. I thought she meant, like, that's how many times she She's... favorited a tweet or something. Right, right. She but, laid no. the proof right out there on the table for all of us to see, and it kind of makes us wonder why we've been doing this for five years when all it took, we could have been just making jewelry if we wanted to be more popular on social media. It reminded me of when I was a kid learning to play the guitar and then you go into a store like the Guitar Center and see these guys ripping and shredding on the guitar and be like, why do I even bother? Why, I'm just giving up right now. (laughs) Exactly. But it's a hundred times worse, right? Because this is something we're invested in and we and we try really hard to get things like Twitter followers and we say our handle at the end of the show to our yeah, listeners yeah. every week. And then over here is mom who doesn't even know how to download the freaking app onto her phone. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah. many followers does we have? I had the, what is going on? I had that happen to me twice this week where I hung out with a friend who I didn't even think like was on social media much. And he pulled out his phone and said, yeah, look, I got... 3,000 Instagram followers. I'm like, and uh, what do you do? And he's like, yeah, every picture I post, I get like 150, 200 likes. Wow. Yeah, like we're, we're doing something wrong. I, I apparently, I, I knew I didn't know how to use Snapchat. Apparently, I also don't know how to use Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we need to sit down. We need, we should hire Mommy as like our social media expert. Yeah, the social hey, media intern. There's yeah. an idea. Since, uh, yeah. since world's worst intern disappeared yeah she um, obviously knows what she's doing i don't know Even if mommy if she doesn't do analyses, but mommy can certainly be in charge of a social media page right though yeah. there might be some more less sports talk and more dabbing unicorns but whatever <laughs> whatever gets the followers right <laughs> oh man uh all right so so that's th- that's th- thanksgiving i got some oral stuff to talk about guys you want to get right yeah into give us some news I mean, we got a lot to be thankful for here in Birdland, most notably because we have the best third baseman in baseball. And I always, every week, I like to do the, uh, this is like a new segment for me, where I search for Manny in the news. Manny in the news. I put him in the Google (laughs) machine, and I put Manny Machado in the Google machine, and I click news and see what pops up. Okay. The latest thing is there's a lot of stuff about a couple bloggers on here going about Manny in San Francisco. So Manny to San Francisco. Every week it's somewhere new. This week Manny's headed to San Francisco, apparently. But then there was an article, and this I teased this in the intro, that intro stays, who knows. But uh, there's an article uh, that's called Door Blockbuster Black Friday Trade Ideas. And so this is Jim Duquette, cousin of Dan Duquette, posts an article on MLB.com about trade ideas. And he's got a couple on here. Like he's got a Gene Carlos Stanton trade, a Chris Archer's trade. And then if you go down to number five, he has a Manny Machado to the Yankees trade proposal for uh, Manny Machado 
for their young shortstop, Clyber uh, Torres, their number one prospect, a shortstop, for Manny Machado, straight up one-for-one deal. Now, I'll tell you why this has me a little concerned. If you check out when this article was posted, it was posted uh, November 24th. Now, if, if, uh, if I'm doing this correct, Thanksgiving was November 23rd. Yes. The day after Thanksgiving. Dan Duquette, Jim Duquette, they're cousins. Maybe right. they got together for Thanksgiving. They're talking. Maybe Dan Duquette's throwing out some ideas to Jim or vice versa. Next day, Jim Duquette posts an article on MLB.com proposing Manny Machado to the Yankees. I don't know what was talked about during Thanksgiving, but maybe Dan Duquette was trying to drop a line in the water, see how O's fans would react. Guys, if we got the Yankees' number one prospect, still, how would you react if the Orioles, because we know like there's a real possibility the Orioles could trade Manny Machado. How would you feel if the Orioles traded Manny Machado to the Yankees? It's not going to happen. They will not trade him to an AL East team. There's no way because no matter what trade you make, you cannot deal with the fact of Manny Machado coming into your stadium 13 times a year in pinstripes or in the Red Sox uniform. You cannot deal with that. You would never live that up. Or live that down. Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the Orioles traded within the division before when they traded for Andrew Miller and traded Eduardo Rodriguez for Andrew Miller. That was, uh, and they've done it before. Haven't they done it before with Tampa Bay? I feel like with maybe with Steve Pierce involved or something. If trading, um, if, so if trading Manny Machado is the extra piece we need to do to get into the playoffs, which makes no sense, then sure, you can do it. But what if there's no chance of making the playoffs in 2018? Yeah. This is scenario. Uh, this is the best case, best thing you could possibly get. I mean, how many years away is this uh, number uh, number one prospect shortstop? From, oh, he's close. Uh, being, okay. I mean, I, you know. And the thing is, like, that the might Yankees be the best you can get. <laughs> the Yankees have a shortstop, and yeah. the Yankees need a third baseman. So from the Yankees' perspective, it makes sense. From our perspective, we're starting to rebuild. Kind of makes sense. He's a really good prospect. What if, uh, what if the best deal you get in return for a Manny Machado, Manny Machado trade is from an interdivision opponent, then you don't take it just because of what who what team is giving you the best deal? Well, here's why I think you might take it, because it's just, you know, at this point, it's just going to be a one-year deal, or more likely, it's going to be a second half of the season deal if it happens in July. So you only have to put up with it for a few months. So that's why I think they're really all teams are on the table, except for maybe the, the Nationals, because it's just going to be right. a short-term, three-month deal, and you can kind of suck it up. And then whatever Manny decides to do after that is, is wasn't, up to him. Wasn't that the deal with the Red Sox when they traded uh, uh, what's his name that you just mentioned, Andrew Miller? Andrew Miller that they thought it's just a it's just a loner. He'll resign with we'll resign him during the free agency. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and with Torres. If we get their prospect, just like we have to watch Eduardo Rodriguez for them for the next 100 years, if Tor- if we get Torres, the Yankees will be forced watching their number one prospect play for the Orioles for a long, long time. And sure. we might only have to watch Manny Machado for three months unless they resign him. Right. But hopefully they'll find Bryce Harper and not him. That seems a little, though, you're, you're talking like a trade deadline trade. Yeah. yeah. I I feel like... Uh, the getting a number one prospect infielder in return for a three month rental is mm. too too good to be true. I don't yeah. think teams are really going to do that. 
Yeah, you might be right. That's so you're saying maybe more of an off season move right now would be more realistic. Yeah, I don't know. It it it'd be interesting because I mean, if the if the Orioles are in a position where they can make a a big trade at the trade deadline, if they're sellers at the trade deadline, then the the uh, value you will get in return could potentially go down because teams know that you're a seller. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Absolutely does that does make sense. Uh, but the clearly like the Orioles aren't going to be sellers unless they're absolutely are forced to be sellers, right? Like that's what they've shown, shown us in the past. They're not going to yeah. be quick to be sellers. Yeah. So it's going to have to right. be like obvious writing on the wall um, right. for them to be sellers. If there's any chance that they could still make the playoffs anywhere around 500, I think they're they're going to try to get better, not get worse at the trade deadline. Yeah. Even if but it, it means it, just letting Manny go to free agency and not getting anything in return for him. You get an extra draft pick. When he Ooh. turns out a qualifying <laughs> offer. Yay! <laughs> but it, it got me thinking, like, how would I feel? Because I'm I've kind of I'm resigned to the fact I hate it, but I'm resigned to the fact that Zach Britton will get traded. But I'm not okay with him getting traded to the Yankees or to Boston. Right? You right. can't do that if you're the Orioles. Because that's a guy if you're because you're still trying to win this year. You yeah. can't trade your closer to the Yankees or to the Red Sox or even to, to the Blue Jays or Rays. Because they that team will get a lot better at stopping you from winning the division when you're still trying to win. Once you're in seller mode, whatever. Like Bert's right. Once you're in seller mode, like sell it. It doesn't matter who you sell it to. I don't think because you're not trying to win. But if you're still trying to win. You can't sell really good players to teams you're trying to compete against. Right. So I think as far as trading Britain is, all teams in the AL East and the Washington Nationals are off the table. Speaking of trading good players, there's some yeah. talk, uh, when was this, a couple of days ago, actually this was earlier today, that the Orioles are interested in Javier ba- Baez from the Cubs. Okay. Saying that, a little Zach Britton action? Uh, not Zach Britton. The Cubs reporters are saying that there's, there's, they're not saying who the Orioles have offered or whatever, but they're saying that the person the Cubs are interested in would be Kevin Gosman. Oh, <laughs> so so you're saying because the Orioles are looking for a third. The angle is that the Orioles are looking for a power hitting third baseman to replace Manny Machado. So we're giving up, pitching and and, now. <laughs> and and the talk is to give up Orioles pitching. No is, that's what the Chicago Cubs beat reporters are throwing around. No chance. Yeah, I mean, Javier Baez is a great player. Like and and I, Zach Britton's not going to get you Javier Baez. Right, Javier Zach, Baez is Zach Britton good. for Javier Baez that makes a whole lot of sense. For us, oh, if you're the Orioles, yeah, but but, but, but for Kevin Gosman, yeah, I mean the guys, I mean he is. Javier Baez is great. 24 years old, he's young, uh, he's he's a power hitter, he's great. Uh, but you can't like, where's your laugh button? Dan Duquette will laugh at you if you try to trade for Dylan Bunner, or Kevin Gosman. <laughs> you only have two pitchers. That's all. Trade. Yeah, that's all we got. <laughs> yeah, you only have two starting pitchers. You can't trade one of them away. And then you need four starting pitchers. Like, this right. is not a thing that's possible. Like, you could say, hey, Bryce Harper for Kevin Gossman. And you got to say no because you can't trade Kevin Gossman. You can't trade one yeah. of your starting pitchers. Now the, you can't do it. The Cubs were interested in Zach Britton yep. around the trade deadline. Yeah, so I'm sure you, they are again. It's so awesome. I'm sure there might be a, that might be what starts the phone call with, with uh, Dan Duquette is saying, hey, I still got Zach Britton over here. You've got Javier Baez. We're going to re- need to replace Machado at some point. But we're going to have to throw some other stuff in there with Britain. 
does a uh, does a future prospect in Britain get you Javier Baez? I don't think so. I mean, Javier Baez, he's he's under team control until 2022. So he's a 24-year-old kid under team control until 2022. I mean, it's going to take you a lot more. I mean, I don't know if we have the prospect. It's going to take you a package. It's going to take a package. All right. Zach Britton and a full-on package with, a, with like maybe throw an Austin Hayes along with a, along with a um, right. Zach Britton and then maybe even another guy. Like maybe that gets it. Right, and it's not like you're trading with the Seattle Mariners. You're not going to be taking advantage of them. You get, you're dealing with Theo Epstein. He knows a thing or two about baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, uh, as a rule, I would just not do deals with them because he's <laughs> he's he's smarter than me. Like that's one of those deals where there's a lot of GMs who I know are just smarter than me, and, and Theo Epstein, he's smarter than me, so I would always be paranoid that he's ripped me off. Right. I mean, is that don't you think that when you're when you're a GM trying to make a trade? That's always the other part you're listening to is this looks like it's really in my favor. This looks like it's really good for me. What what do I not know? What am I trying yeah. to figure out? Maybe that's why yeah. the Orioles are so paranoid about medical records is they're just so afraid of being screwed. Yeah. And that's I think that's reasonable and that's I would want to have that approach as opposed to I think there's some GMs who think they're geniuses. And so when they make a move, they think that they're always making the best move cuz they're geniuses. I don't think Dan Duquette I think I don't think he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Some GMs I think think they're smarter than everybody else, right. and so I would want my GM to be cautious and paranoid with making deals. I think that's the appropriate position to be in, the safe position to be in. Yeah. So last year, do you guys know how many pitchers pitched for the Orioles last year? Starters Starting pitches. Just, at any no, in any capacity, relief. Any capacity whatsoever. How many pitchers pitched uh, for the Orioles? 25. 22. Oh, wow. Bert, almost spot on. The number is 26. Hey, it's oh. Same number on a roster. That's a full baseball uh, roster, right? Uh, 25 is, yeah, yeah. Uh, but 26 pitchers pitched. Um, some names you might have forgotten. Jimmy Yacobonis, who yep. he could be a good reliever this sure. year. Uh, Alec Asher, of course, pitched. Fidel Nuno. Tyler Wilson, Gabriel Noah, Steve Crichton. You might have forgotten that name. Oh, yeah. Um, Jason Aquino, Logan Barrett, Oliver Drake, Edwin Jackson. Fun fact, Edwin Jackson. Forgot about him. a couple innings. Tanner Scott. Fun fact about Edwin Jackson. Everyone always complains about oral pitchers who pitch for us, struggle, then they go somewhere else and are awesome. Edwin Jackson struggled for us both in the majors and the minors. Then with the Nationals, where he was also bad. So that's one case where the guy goes to a new team and he's still terrible. Yes, uh, we got him. Yeah. Another guy, Richard Rodriguez, he's, he, he pitched for us uh, last season. If you look at games, if you look at people who started, the list is certainly smaller, but Tyler Wilson's on there, Aquino's on there, Castro's on there, Enoa's on there, Asher's on there. So it brings me to ask this question, right? Who is on the team this year? that could potentially be a starter for the Orioles that maybe no one is talking about right now. I have a, I have a couple names for you. That people aren't talking about? Because people are talking about Yanoa and... Yeah, yeah, I'm talking right. about different guys. All right, Tanner Scott. No, he's not going to start <laughs> for us. Uh, if you, you could be desperate and it would be somebody like Alec Asher. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about new guys who haven't appeared yet for the Orioles. Oh, oh, oh. Fresh blood. Bring it on. Who you got? To have a, a 70 RA in the majors. Um, 
So the first thing I did is I looked at the 40-man roster. And there's a couple guys right. on the 40-man who hasn't, haven't pitched in the majors. Hunter Harvey. And so I'm curious to see what happens. One of them was just added, David Hess. So I'd be curious to see if David Hess – I mean, look for him in spring training. He could make a run at a – I mean, if you're, shoot, goodness knows our rotation's open. Right. If you're on Another that, guy who – if you're on that yeah, forty man, you're getting the the big league invite, right? Oh yeah, uh, I mean right now we just have thirty three guys, and so as far as starting pitchers go, I would imagine. I mean, we'll see what the Orioles do this off season, but I would imagine for a fifth spot, it's going to be open season. <laughs> um, but another guy whose numbers are incredibly impressive. Now people say his stuff is not elite stuff. But you look at his stats. Here are his stats in 2016. 2016, um, he played. He pitched between uh, a couple teams, two teams, and he had an ERA of 2.82. All right, he, had, he pitched 124 innings in single A and had 132 strikeouts. Then last year, he moved up to double A. And last year in double A, his record was 15 wins and three losses. 15 hey. and three. That's An good. ERA of 3.47, 124 innings, 117 strikeouts. Those are some pretty good numbers from an Orioles minor league pitcher. Oh, yeah. Right. But no one's heard of him. The guy's name is Jeffrey Ramirez. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Ramirez. Yeah, and he had a great year last year. Uh, we, we got him. He was, he was a New York Yankee, um, and we got him from, 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 from the Yankees. Um, but he's going to be a guy that – Always, or the past couple years, put up great numbers in the minors. He's on the 40-man roster. He's been in the minors for a few years now. Worked his way up a little bit. Keep your eye out for this kid named Jeffrey Ramirez. I would imagine this year I'll start at AAA. Um, we'll see how he goes in spring training, but he could be one of these guys that gets that gets that call up. All right. Jeffrey with a Y. Jeffrey Ramirez. Remember that name. Remember the name, boys and girls. You got it. Yeah. Fifth starter. Who knows? Okay. Open season. You got some other guys on that list? No, that's it. It's <laughs> it's, it's uh, David Hess, who is newly added, and it's Jeffrey Ramirez. All the rest are names you already know. There's the, the Alec yeah, Ash. Right. Where's I mean, the Orioles did, did, did do a couple of things. Like they, um, if you look at their 40 man, a couple of guys that were on there last year are not on that this year. So like Tyler Wilson is not on the 40-man 40, 40 this year. So I don't think we'll see any Tyler Wilson. Yeah, um, Jason Aquino was removed, taken off the 40-man. I don't think we'll see Jason Aquino this year unless something happens where he has a great year and we, he's added back on the 40-man. But right now, he's not even the 40-man, so I don't expect to see him up here. Soon. I mean, Chris Lee is another guy who's on the 40-man. Chris Lee, I feel like he's been on the 40-man forever, and I feel like we've been talking about him forever, but he's he hasn't had a good year in the past like 100 years. The other interesting guy, I'll throw his name out there. The guy's name is Hunter Harvey. Yeah, Ever how, heard of him? How far is he? They put him on the 40-man. He got back last year from Tommy John. How far is he from hitting the majors? Yeah, he seems to be on the, the what we call the Dylan Bundy track the to fa- the majors. fast track? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, he's on the 40-man the same reason that Dylan Bundy was put on the 25-man roster a couple years ago, and that's because they had to. And he's too good not to be on there. Like, if they had their way with Dylan Bundy, they would have kept him in the minors and not even had him up in the majors as soon as they did. But they had to because of his contract. It, they, the contract is different than Hunter Harvey. But for Hunter Harvey, they had to put him on the 40-man. And if 
the Orioles had their way, they would not have put him on the 40-man if they could have chosen. But, of course, you don't want him taking the Rule 5 draft and all this nonsense because you know what someone would do. They would take him in the Rule 5 draft and did what we did with that Santander guy. They would just put him on an extended spring training for, like, the entire year. Right. But, no, I think he is a guy that – I mean, apparently he's healthy. Uh, so, apparently he's, he's, he's good to go into next year. So we'll see last year. I'm looking – last year he threw – anyone want to guess how many innings he threw last year coming off injury? Um, 60. Uh, 18.2. All 18, right. That's awesome. 18 to two-thirds. He's, to, he throw, he's thrown a total. He's been in the system since 2013. Since 2013 to now, he's thrown 144 innings. Wow. I think that's about the same as Wade Miley this year. Uh, 144 <laughs> innings since 2013 to 2017. With that said, the kid's still 22 years old. He's 22. Sure, sure. So he's still right. young. I think the plan is, I would be curious to see what they do. Here's what I would do. Here's what I would do if I'm the Orioles. All right? I do the April, May, three innings a start. You get three innings to keep the pitch, the inning count down. Right? Okay. Then maybe June, July, you, you go up to four innings. And then maybe if you get to August and you need a, a bullpen arm and Hunter Harvey's pitching well, he could be a, a long man or come out of the, out of the bullpen – Kind of like they, what they did with with Dylan Bundy a few years ago, a couple well, years. Well, wasn't well. It was quite the opposite. The Bundy started in the bullpen, did he not? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, put Hunter Harvey now. Hunter Harvey, yeah, you're right. It's going to start in the minors, but when he gets to the majors, put him in the bullpen. Okay, I thought I thought you just said he's going to start starting games right off the bat. Starting games in the minors, give him like three innings each start gotcha. in the minors, but then come August, put him in that bullpen. That's yeah. what I think they'll do. I can't imagine him at, because he's going to be on such because he threw 18 innings last year. He's going to be on such an a, a limit innings limit. Right. I can't imagine him even if he's lights out because when he pitches he's lights out. I can't imagine him uh, starting for the Orioles next year. It just doesn't doesn't yeah. look like it. But I mean his career career ERA is 2.56 in all those starts, and this is with a young kid. He has 187 strikeouts in 144 innings. Like, the kid's been dominant. And that's why people are excited. And that's why when people say, like, Hunter Harvey next year, I, it's crazy talk, but at the same time, he's been that good. And the options we have are that bad that, that maybe makes sense. But um, he could be part of the this transition, this future into 2019 that will inevitably come. And he's going to be a big part of that. So 2000, whether he pitches for the Orioles or not, 2018 is a huge year for Hunter Harvey, right. both, I mean, just can he stay healthy in the minors? All right. That's, uh, Doug Fister reports came out today that he signed with the, uh, Texas Rangers for a, a one year, two year with the option after the first year, both player and team option, 4 million this year up to make like 11 million in two years. Uh, I thought it was interesting to have a player and a team option after that one year so that either one of them could get out of the deal. But is that the type of deal that maybe we can hope for, Kevin, uh, not for uh, Chris Tillman, something like that? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a similar guy where you don't really trust that Fisher that much. You just want the extra arm. But he's both injury and age and productivity. Right. He's got to prove really himself. Yeah, you got to prove himself. So, I I mean, doing some type of one-year deal with a club player option for the second year sounds intriguing. What, what's the, What's the deal with that? Do 
both the player and the club have to agree for another year, or can one of them choose? Can like the player choose or the team choose? How does that work? Uh, and I'm trying to double check on the the double option, but I believe that means that they could either one could back out. So okay. it would be after that year, the the team can take the option and say, "Yeah, we want that," and then the player can say, "I'll stick with that," or he can say, "Well, no, I, I'll go make some more money." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's know. interesting. I know. I know the options, and we'll see that because last year, I feel like two years ago is when the coming out party um, was like with Jason Hayward and st- Jason Hayward and stuff. The coming out party for options, and everyone's doing options. Right. So I'm curious. To see this this and Dan Duquet, he he wanted nothing to do with these player options. So I'm curious to see both the Orioles standpoint and in the league as a whole what happens with all these options, right. and that and if they continue to be a, a growing trend. Of course, the Rangers did, after that signing, still say that they are interested in Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn. Yeah, I mean, Doug Fister's <laughs> right. a depth move. That's a depth <laughs> move. And, and Chris Tillman, if, there's a, if, there's, if we get a similar deal with Chris Tillman, that better be a depth move. That better not be your number three starter move. That better be a depth number six or seventh starter. Right, right, yes. That's like uh, Edwin Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a flyer on this guy and see if it works right. out. Yeah. But I mean, I don't care. I mean, I feel like I don't care about Chris Tillman. You can do whatever you want, with Chris Tillman. As long as I, 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 as long as there's someone there to pitch the ball. Yeah, whether he signs or doesn't sign, it's it doesn't change my mind. On we need to get a Lynn, a Cobb, those type of pitchers in here. Right. I've got the uh, Gray Cup on on the TV over here. You guys, oh, yeah, what's uh, going on with the Gray Cup? Well, oh, right, Gray right Cup, now okay. it's it, right now it's halftime. And it's snowing, so the halftime performer is performing in the snow. You guys know who, if you were a uh, Canadian, who would you be excited to see in your halftime show? Celine Dion. Justin Bieber. Not quite. Oh, Shania Twain. Let's go, Oh, Shania Twain. Yeah, Shania Twain's up there with like a full band. Come on. And this is the song, of course, that she kicked off the halftime show with. I feel like this is the Super Bowl from like 1994 or something. That's cool. I didn't know she was still alive. So that's I, awesome. Good I didn't know either until I saw her up there. I saw her yeah. on TV again recently and I thought, man, I haven't seen her since 1995. Yeah, I, I didn't exactly. know she was Canadian. I didn't know she was Canadian, to be honest. Well, how about, I thought maybe, is, is Drake, is he too good for the CFL? Is that the deal? Uh, yes. He's, Drake is a yeah. NFL or bus. Right. Once you become popular in Canada, you're just an American. Um, oh, I, I know. I've got the closed captioning on when I watch the uh, TV during the podcast. So I saw her. I didn't know who she was. And the closed captioning is doing that Man, I Feel Like a Woman song. And I had to Google to make sure that wasn't just a Canadian impersonator. Yeah, she does look a little bit different than I remember her looking in her heyday. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'll have to check this out. A little age and some medical procedures. Possibly. Okay. Well, so. you should have judged Josh because we're getting to the point where we're going to soon be showing our age and soon happen to go get some medical procedures. So I want to talk Hey, I'm not the oldest one on this podcast. Oh, snap. Shots fired. Hey, Burke can handle it. Once. <laughs> hey, Burke can I handle it. Hey, I, I got a uh, – he's a coconut. He can handle it. You guys, <laughs> yeah. I – I don't have a strawberry this week, but I got a coconut. Let's do it. A strawberry or a coconut? Are you a coconut? 
<laughs> is that from Fiverr? <laughs> of course, that's where you get the great crappy jingles. That's that's that, clever that like we get that to one. keep using. So that's our new strawberry or coconut jingle, nice. in, instead yeah. of strawberry shortcake. <laughs> I should have I should have left it. Uh... I should have left it open-ended. I should have left it open-ended. Are these people strawberries cooking us? You guys see this basketball game, Alabama versus Minnesota? It, it, it wasn't yeah. on TV. I wish it was on TV because that was yeah. some impressive play. Yeah, so a couple things here. First of all, I didn't realize this is enough to, to say they're coconuts. I didn't realize Alabama was coached by Avery Johnson, former Spurs uh, point guard. So that's cool in itself. Um, but so what happened was is there was a bit of a – um, a melee, a, 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 a bit of a brawl, a Donnie Brook, a, a bit of a Donnie Brook, if you will, uh, and some of the, or I should say, a lot of the Alabama Crimson Tide bench got involved in the scuffle, and so they were all tossed out. <laughs> the entire bench, the, whole bench. the oh, entire wow. bench was thrown out from the game from being involved in the scuffle. So the <laughs> Alabama had five players, only five players, five v five. With like eleven minutes to go in the game. Oh my gosh! I know. Then a couple minutes later, guy fouls out, gets his fifth foul. You guys sit on the bench. Now Alabama's playing with four players. What? About thirty seconds later, a guy hurts his ankle. He's taken oh my out. Gosh. Now it's three versus five, right? But the most amazing thing, the most amazing thing of all of this, is they were down big time when they were down three for three versus five, um, and then uh, like. Minnesota was leading by 14 points with 10 minutes left. But then, with only a minute left, going three against five, Alabama came back and made an 83-80 to game. They were down by three points with a minute left. And they only had three players playing. This is unbelievable. (laughs) Uh, We ended up losing uh, 89-83 by six points. But it's unbelievable that they came back playing with only three players. It's That's incredible. impressive. Yeah, it was impressive. Of course, one coconut right there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, of course they're not going to win that game because once you get down in the clock, it's way easy to play keep away with with five players versus three to keep that clock going. Yeah, they they, they were in like a 1-2 zone and, and the guys from Minnesota kept on missing shots. It was wow. it was pretty funny. You can go and watch the whole game online. Like it was streaming on Facebook or something. Like you can go watch the whole thing oh, really? online. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna have but, to see some highlights from that. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny. And that's and then they got into the rules a little bit. And apparently the rules of basketball say you can play up to with one player as long as you have a competitive chance. You can play with one player. <laughs> and so uh, I heard some speculation about well, it would be pretty cool if like there's a a, a Donnie Brook and both benches are ejected and, and a like, little what one-on-one point of a one-on-one basketball game minnesota versus alabama turns into a one-on-one matchup would be pretty cool so yeah, i'm rooting for that now fun. now whenever i watch a college basketball game i'm rooting for everyone to get ejected so we can have a one-on-one basketball game yeah that's what i'm rooting fun. for yeah full court oh man could you imagine i'd be so crazy i don't know the, the uh the three man's also like an nba jam setup what yeah, that? Well, that was the, two is, guys. Is that league still in existence? Like the three on three league? The, the big three, but that was old guys and that was half court. Yeah, it's true. So uh two on two full court sounds fun. One on one full court sounds exhausting. Yeah, even three on five sounds exhausting. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. 
that's that's my co- i don't have any strawberries it's just coconut today we're just going coconut that's good style. we need more coconuts in the world yeah because I, I don't want to just point out the weaknesses of humanity because no. there's a lot of strong humans out there and and you could have given up down three to five and just sure. like forfeited or, or not really played hard but a coconut you know and that's there's there's a lot of people out there when the face difficulties rise up and don't just whine and cry about it they rise up to 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 the challenge that's coconuts right. rise, right. up. You, rise up speaking of rising up the ravens gonna rise up tomorrow you think they're gonna be able to win this uh you can't predict ravens anymore you can't do it it's anyone not- who knows what the ravens will do tomorrow you're is an idiot this week because all, there's, no, there's no way to know this week all the stories came out about how the ravens have an easy path to the playoffs which means they're gonna blow one of these easy games it real it feels like Absolutely. And watching today, I feel like all the teams we wanted to lose won, right? right. Uh, like like Tennessee won, and the Bills won, and the, um, the Jaguars, Chiefs, I think, won. The Chiefs lost, which means they might be in competition for that wild card slot. Yep. Yeah. So. The, they, the, the, the Bengals are creeping up there for that wild card spot, too. Right. Uh, they beat the Browns impressively. Yeah. I don't know. You can't say that. It's the oxymoron. You can't beat the Browns impressively. <laughs> Plus, watching Thursday night, watching Thursday with the Thanksgiving games, I think I was telling you guys when we had our Thanksgiving together that watching the way those quarterbacks played, I don't feel so bad about Joe. There are no good quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Yeah. Besides Tom Brady. <laughs> and maybe Ben uh, and, and Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Carson Wentz is having a career year. The Eagles are somehow – Fun to watch and excite and an exciting football team. I'm sorry, I was, I'm a little distracted here because someone said in the chat room you can uh, we do we stream the live the show live on Facebook every week. Uh, but in the chat room, someone said that uh, a guy named Paredes kicked a field goal to make it 17 to eight in the CFL game. First of all, props to you, Dave Westwood, for watching CFL. Secondly, he mentioned, "Is this Jimmy Paredes?" Which is a great question, and then I had to Google like, where is Jimmy Paredes right now? He's not in the. He's not pl- even playing baseball right now, is he? I bet he's um, in Japan or something. On January fifth, two thousand seventeen, Paredes signed a one-year, one point two million dollar contract with the Chiba Lot Marines of Nippon Professional Baseball. Boom! Oh, it's it. nice to be a baseball player. Yeah. Pretty signed for one point two million to play baseball in Japan. That's impressive. That even like a bad baseball player can go to Japan and make one point two million. All right, I'm getting my son. I'm waking my son up. Right, my son's sleeping. I'm waking him up right now. We're gonna go play some baseball. I uh, see. I had the other thought. How about we we learn Japanese and we do a Japanese baseball podcast? Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Why? I have no interest in learning Japanese. Could you know how difficult that would be? Well, I don't have interest in that either, but I have interest in doing a Japanese baseball podcast. That sounds like a I lot would, of fun. We don't want to be fluent in the language. We just have to know some baseball terms. Right. Like, I watch those games. They speak dong! Japanese. They still say home run. Yeah. Do they Do they say dong? Uh, or are they like, no, that's that's the third baseman. Right. That might have a different <laughs> meaning. In, in. Well, well good for Jimmy Prey. It's still out there dong? making millions. How does yeah, it make you feel about your life? Man. 
I feel pretty good about my life. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, do, I do too, actually. I do too. I mean, even though my mom has more Twitter followers than I do, I, I still I'm <laughs> oh, keep you down. I was feeling good about my life until so you brought that up again. I know. <laughs> so if you can go ahead and I, I need to get on I need to get on Twitter more. This is I need to get on social media more. This is really bothering me. Um, do what I do. Make comments on Twitter during the Ravens game tomorrow. I just I don't like going on Twitter during the game because people irritate me. Especially in football, with the uh, with there's so many commercial breaks in football, it's easy to get on Twitter. Yeah, I know, but you know I blocked over like 200 people on Twitter. I just get so annoyed. I just start blocking. People. That's, yeah, that's weird. Isn't it weird? I just can't handle it. I'm a, I'm a strawberry when it comes to Twitter. I am. I am a strawberry. All right. Uh, um, well, you can follow us on Twitter. Josh Hey, one more thing yeah. before you say, there is like one day left to go on over to the Baltimore Sun and vote for the Section 336 for Best Podcast in their Krabby's okay. Award. So Baltimore, go to BaltimoreSun.com, look yeah. for Krabby's. Just search Baltimore Sun Krabby's in the Google or see our links that we put out on Facebook and Twitter and just vote for Section 336 for Best Podcast. Yeah, it takes two seconds. Yeah. Vote, log off. Exactly. Move on with your life. Yeah, don't don't bother voting for anyone else. No yeah. need. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's and go Ravens.